Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Wow. and welcome to the Abroad in Japan podcast, probably the best way of learning about life in Japan without actually being in Japan. I'm your host, Chris Broad, and this week, as Pete Donaldson is away on one of his many, many holidays that he seems to take every week, I think he just wants to escape the podcast, we have American Pete, the the wackier... Uh, uh, less more, professional, more, more scruffy, more youthful alternative. Oh wow! Uh, welcome, Pete. How thanks. Well, thanks for having me back. It's wonderful to be here in Sendai and joining you in the studio. Yeah, we're so we're in the studio today, and it's the first time I've seen you since April. My God, it's been a while. A lot has happened since then. For you? <laughs> no, you've had a good... It's, you're still doing Premiere 2, Twitch. I am, and I, I recently went to the United States for seeing my family and friends. And that was the first time in... Oh, about five years. Jesus, Pete, that's a long time. I know. Well, there was a pandemic that kind of slowed things yeah. down. But speaking of big vacations and traveling abroad, welcome back to Japan after spending six months in the United Kingdom? Six weeks. That's what it was. Felt <laughs> like a long time, but welcome back home. Yeah, it's nice to be back. All right, all right, the, the holiday went through different stages. The first like two, three weeks, I was like... I want to stay in the UK. Here is a perfect place. And then by the last week, lots of things had gone wrong. And I was like, okay, it's time to go to the place where everything works now. Yeah, it's uh, time for the familiarity. But I have it's a two-sided question, which doesn't make a lot of sense when I phrase it that way. But the first side of the question is, what were you most excited about having when you got back to the United Kingdom, other than like seeing your family? Uh, cider. Cider, yeah, because we can't really get it here apart from Almori, right? Or the Full Monty down in Yokohama. There is a good place. It's you, quite far. If you ever end up in Tokyo, guys, or rather Yokohama, there's an amazing cider. Is it a, like specialist in cider? It is a specialist yeah, yeah. in cider, and they have a really good range. Yeah, and Pete, myself, Ian, and Connor, yep, had a great night out there last year. Bangers and mash, fish and chips. We did eat British feed, uh, uh, Scotch egg, mm. the really- Full Monty. Probably the best pub in the Tokyo area. I think it's actually my favorite pub, yeah. Shame it's so bloody far away. <laughs> yeah, it's quite far, especially from Sendai. So, ciders were something that you had missed. Mm. Uh, anything else in particular, like food-wise? I mean, I had a lot, of, an awful lot of worrying about fish and chips. <laughs> I knew uh, it. <laughs> it's, it's fried breakfast, you know, egg, bacon, sausage, which I had like 
th- nearly every day of the trip. Ah, oh, it's so, awesome. And that is why I put on about three kilograms while oh. I was away. Well, you're going to lose three kilograms. You bet I am. In Japan. You bet I am. What about the famous, did you hit up spoons, mate? Uh, no. No. Where's the spoons? Yeah. Would you recommend that to anybody or is it? No, I wouldn't. Okay. It's, I, it's like, it's a good, like, when you're a student, you don't have much money. It's perfect. But a, a, like, a classic pub is much better. Well, like the you know, Weatherspoons, they're basically just a big pub that can fit lots of people in, and uh, the, the drinks are really cheap. But there's no sort of really nice atmosphere, and the best thing about a pub is that sort of roaring fireplace, the cosiness within, right? The pub garden. Weatherspoons, it's just, you know, a bit uh, of a wild... You go in, it's like the Wild West. People <laughs> hanging, hanging off the lights, people all over the place, so it's a lot sort of... So it's a pretty rough place. All right, I'll stick with the the classic pubs then. But yes, on do. the other side of my question, when you finally arrived back in Japan, what were you most excited to be welcomed with? Could be food, could be culture, could be anything. Well, it was you, Pete. Just, <laughs> okay. Just seeing you Thanks. brought warmth to my heart. Yeah, right. And convenience stores. That's the one. You know, it's, I hate it. It's a cliche, but like the idea of just... You know, you go outside into any city in Japan, any street, and there's just a shop open 24 hours a day. If you don't like that one, if you don't like Lawson, just go to the 7-Eleven next door. And like every street in Sendai, right, we've got like three convenience stores within a two-minute radius, so... Sometimes, I was walking last night, you have Lawson's, like double Lawson's within a block of each other. Double Lawson's. It's like, ah, this one does all out of the chicken I like. I'll go to the other Lawson. It is good, and I've done that it's many great. times. It's yep. It's a good spot. But uh, it's good to be back. It's good to be in the studio as well. It's sad to think the studio just sort of sat here alone, friendless, while I was away. And I expected to come back and find that an earthquake might have knocked some stuff over. But there's, it's fine. There was an earthquake this morning, though. Yeah, they woke me up at 5 a.m. That was woke quite... Me up, yeah, it wasn't, yeah. wasn't fun. I, it's one of those things where if you have an earthquake in, in the middle of the night, and I find you, you have earthquakes at night more than during the day. Yeah, yeah, certainly. In my experience, and uh, you sort, it sort of feels like a dreamlike state. You're not sure if there was an earthquake or not. This one I was sure. <laughs> it, was, it was quite hectic. You know, and I think it's been, I was looking this up, Sendai or Sendai or the area around this kind of Tohoku area mm. has had a lot of earthquakes the past few years. Well, it, it is like the most seismically active place in Japan and it's the yeah. only real downside to Sendai that we do have more earthquakes here than pretty much any other place in Japan. So that's Quite tough. frightening. So please take care of yourself. I remember the one that happened um, three or four mm. months ago, shook the whole studio, something proper. I feel like crying. Whenever I think about that. <laughs> All right, let's, let's keep it on happy thoughts. So you missed uh, convenience stores. That's what you missed the most. It's boring, Japan. I know, but like, and, and vending machines that work. But, you know, it's nice to be back overall. Things work, things get done, and I love Japan. And I've, I've sort of, you know, it, on this podcast, some of you guys might remember, like, in sort of February, March, I was like, oh, I'm so sick of Japan. But, like, you go away for four weeks, and then you sort of, appreciate it a lot more right and I come back and I'm like wow the scenery is amazing here I love walking down the streets at night all lit up at summer like there's so many good things about Japan you appreciate it a lot more being away in the same way that I appreciate the UK a heck of a lot more when I'm not there as well yeah, I think for me, visiting America was awesome. It was, mm. it was, there was familiar parts of it that I hadn't seen, especially where I'm from in what, Kansas. What did you miss? Well, from America? About America, yeah. I think for me, it's, it's the food. I genuinely love American 
just awful, delicious, like tacos. I had like, tacos. I think I had Mexican food six of the 10 days I was there. Jesus. It was amazing. Uh, I'm, of course, I miss my friends and things, but. Not as much as tacos. Not as though. much as tacos. Yeah. But like, it's crazy because the longer I'm in America, the more I, I realize this is not my home after 10 years in Japan. Right. And I really miss the walkable streets, the public transportation, the so cleanliness. You can't walk the streets of America? No. Oh, because well, like the the roads are really big. And they're it's, massive. It's more of a car sort it, of it culture, is, right? Other than the few like cities in particular, New mm. York or Boston or some of those, Philadelphia maybe. It is so big, and the highways are mm. so massive that you not only have to have a car. It it was dep- it was actively depressing to see <laughs> that many parking lots. Right, right, right. Across. You know, these and there's a lot of cool shops I went to and a lot of neat bodegas and, and bars and pubs and but they're just twenty five minutes apart from each mm. place you go. It's just nice, isn't it? These walkable cities. Beautiful. But America's cool. Glad to be back. Glad I got to visit. American um, Airlines is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> what happened? You had some issues. They cancelled my flight twice. I had that on the way back here. You know what's worse, yeah. though? I'm going to one-up you here. Um, <laughs> in order to get back into Japan, maybe you had this experience, I had to prove, coming from America, that I was COVID negative. Well, so did I. Yeah. Well, you have to. You have yeah, to yeah. That's cool. I get that part. But uh, the test was $350 in America. Whoa. And uh, it lasts for 72 hours. And the airline, they screwed up my flights twice. Oh, so I had to take another test so it cost me 700 bucks no yeah see I, I my flight got delayed by a day mm. and I was worried about that as well I think I had like a few hours left two hours to spare lucky when, when I, I checked in and got into Narita airport I had two hours before it was to run out basically mine was not so fortunate and so when did you have the second test uh, for like I got it the test the night before my flight and then the, they, they messaged me like 10 minutes after I got the swab and they're like your flight's been moved to the next day and I was like that's cool that's cool <laughs> No problem. The next day was absolute madness at the airport. People were literally throwing their luggage on the floor, arguing and screaming in line. It was a hell on earth. Kansas life. Austin, Texas. Austin life. Yeah, that's the one. And so they decided, they told me like, anybody who's flying to Dallas, your flight's been canceled. And I was like, oh, it's me. <laughs> and I, I asked them, I said, I'm, I'm really sorry. I got to get home because this COVID test. And they're like, sir... That plane's not going anywhere. I said, okay, okay. But can you please give me like an apartment or some entertainment or some food? An apartment? Not an apartment, a a hotel. Right. (laughs) I guess that's what... Well, yes, sir. We can give you an apartment, no problem. Here's your house right here. (laughs) Um, They offered me no hotels, no food, no (laughs) transportation back to like the city. And it was just, I'm sorry, sir, you're on your own. Jesus. And uh, luckily I have friends in Austin and they took care of me. But like... That kind of suddenness was shocking. Mm. So yeah, um, the next flight after that was three days later. So Jesus, but what? Oh god, it's, it's like that with everywhere at the moment. All flights, yeah. Are stuffed and I get it. I get it. The airlines are kind of coming back online after yep. two years of just nothingness. So yeah, it was chaos in Europe as well. And uh, I yeah, kind of put me off flying for a while. I'm not planning to leave Japan until at least sort of December now. So you got to admit the Shinkansen still ranks number one for travel. It does. And also, like, just arriving here at Narita was really smooth. Yep. Did you have the app oh, as well? that was amazing. Yeah, I thought I was going to be stuck at Narita Airport indefinitely. I was through it 20 minutes, yep. no problem. And it was, like, super straightforward with people guiding yeah. you and helping you. It's it's really encouraging stuff. 
Unfortunately, I read this week that um, because COVID cases are up, the Japanese government is once again taking a step back from the idea of tourism. Um, So that's a bit rubbish. Well, at least we made it back in time. So (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) I'm joking. But that's why this podcast is so valuable. It's as close as you get to Japan without actually being here. That's our tagline. And we've got a story this week, guys, from... Jesse, he begins. What I like about you coming on the podcast, Pete, is because everyone addresses Chris and Pete. I know, it's quite nice. It's nice and easy. If your name was Connor or Jeremy <laughs> the Anime Man, this wouldn't work. Uh, Jesse says, hello, Karyage Kun Chris and Panasonic Pete. My name is Jesse, a former uh, jet from Arizona, US, from 2016 to 2018. I had the pleasure of spending two wonderful years as an elementary junior high school ALT in the beautiful town of Noto in Ishikawa. Uh, you know this place for its ridiculous squid statue yes they spent two hundred thousand dollars of covid relief money on a squid statue what we'll visit it one day it'll be a good fun uh, I, and i also the only other thing i know about notto is it has good beef called notto beef notto beef and i find that really irritating to say <laughs> when you're like oh yeah notto beef it's like not beef not vegan such an inconvenient name. anyway i was able to attend and participate in the many festivals across the notto peninsula and hokuriku region throughout the summer months with the rural festival there's this tradition of yobare where some residents put up lanterns outside to welcome people to what is essentially a never-ending house party at one such gathering I met a man who was in the local Nihonshu sake business and after drinking at the yobare uh, we were at he offered to take us to a similar gathering at the local sake brewery when we arrived we were greeted by a large crowd of heavily tattooed guys who were well on their merry making way mm. as sushi and sake were passed around I spoke to the man beside me who told me they were uh, they were in fact all ex-yakuza members I asked what he and his friends did now and he told me they mostly owned or worked for ex-yakuza owned ramen shops in the Kanazawa area uh, just as we were really getting on one man stood up stripped naked proving that they were uh, once the real deal the man that brought us caught on that some of the friends I was with were a little uncomfortable and said it was time for fireworks I said mm. goodbye to the very friendly Yakuza ex-Yakuza that I was chatting up and followed everyone outside we were almost at the main area of floats and food stalls but before enjoying the rest of the night the local Nihonshu businessman insisted we trade shirts I was taken aback but also drunk and happily gave him my former cycling club shirt that he was for some reason so very interested in uh, love everything you guys do Jesse from Arizona. Now that is a pretty cool experience, and uh, I don't know if you know, but like a lot of festivals in Japan have a lot of um, links with yakuza, mm. and I'm I'm not entirely sure why that is. But if you go to like a a festival, a lot of the stalls that pop up doing things like okonomiyaki, pancakes, or takoyaki, they are owned or rented out by the yakuza, and they make a lot of money from it. Yeah, and also, I guess, it's this kind of this legend or belief that on times of extreme need or charity, uh, Yakuza families or Yakuza groups will be some of the first to deliver yeah, yeah, aid. Yeah. Like, and it's kind of a weird, obviously, they're heavily tied in with criminal activity, but it's um, also like a community thing as well. Yeah, it's a very strange relationship. Whenever I talk to Ryotaro, you know, about Yakuza, mm-hmm. Um, he says that you know, a lot of Japanese people have no sort of real opinions on Yakuza. Um, they kind of like that they keep other foreign criminal organizations at bay, like uh, Chinese triad gangs, for example. Because there's other 
gangs operating in Japan, and he and 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 he sort of said that a lot of Japanese people like that they have the homegrown yakis are keeping them out, but but they do have these sort of position like the if you look at the Asakusa festival, really big festival in Tokyo, mm. you know the yakuza guys are heavily involved in that, and they're there on the parade, topless with their tattoos on full display, so it's a strange relationship. Um, that the sort of people in Japan have with the Yakuza. Kind of makes sense. They, what's that famous saying that I always forget? It's like the devil you know is better than the one you don't or something like that. So it's, right. yeah, I get it. And But my favorite part of this story personally was Jesse said, you know, they were at this festival. They met a guy who knew a guy who let's have sushi, let's have sake. Mm. I think if you live in Japan for even a year, it's very likely you will have your own amazing story of some random stranger you met and I always think that's pretty cool about Japan. Like, everyone walks away with their own unique stories and experiences. Well, just like your teaching video we put out a few months ago. That was my segue. No, that's not what I meant. But you, you know what I mean, though? It's like, I think it's some a story, cool part. some stories there. If you missed that one, guys. Of course, we did it on the podcast, actually, and then we ported it over to video. Yeah, that's right. Go and watch Pete talk about his... Uh, his 10 years of teaching well, in Japan. But me aside, but I mean, like, it's just, it's always cool to hear mm-hmm. other foreigners' experiences about this chance meeting they had at a bar that they mm. where they omote nashi or the hospitality of a Japanese person or family did something neat for them yeah, yeah yeah I really like that and it's cool that Jesse had a very unique experience I think that is uh, that is pretty awesome and yeah hopefully this year because uh, obviously during COVID a lot of the festivals have been shut down that's right uh, so I think this year is the first year in since 2019 that they're all going to happen again so that's that's actually have quite you, nice have you been to many yourself before this whole pandemic yeah I, I'd like to go to a lot and I, in fact isn't there a famous one in Sendai the Tanabata festival it's a right it's yeah it's kind of cool but it's not like dynamic and exciting like there's other festivals where they like dress up and just slaughter each other in a field oh well let's not go to that one and here (laughs) in the Tanabata festivals um, they make these big floats and they hang them from the the roof of the shopping mall there's probably more to it than that I hope so but I I can't tell I mean I've lived here all these years and and that's all I've really seen of it and there's food stalls and things like that it's a good atmosphere but like some festivals they get really into it I went to one festival on the outskirts of Sendai with Ryotaro where they make a big fire and it's sort of in winter and they take all their clothes off and then they just dance around the fire more or less naked in the freezing cold what? it felt more like some sort of cult ritual experience um, but it was pretty cool that's the most recent festival I've been to a few wow. years ago wow I think my favourite was the Nagaoka Fireworks Festival oh uh, yeah one of the biggest fireworks festivals in Japan yeah yeah the, like Akita Yamagata Niigata they all have incredible fireworks displays right in the UK a fireworks display is like a 20 second event it's like uh, yeah it goes and then in Japan it goes on for like two hours it's a lot I couldn't believe it sitting there for two hours watching half of Japan get blown up it's great it felt like the Vietnam War no it's carpet bombing half of Kamiyata (laughs) honestly it was insane and they had this they, they round it off with like the mega firework yeah it's like a 20 kiloton missile and they launch it up into the sky it's like Lord of the Rings <laughs> it's great it blows the whole sky up oh, like, I love incredible. it incredible honestly some of the best fireworks you'll ever see um, got a story this week and it's a story about food 
Ooh. And it includes my good old favourite feed challenge, the Wankasorba Knee Challenge. Ah. What, what do you know about Wankasorba, Pete? Only what you've told me, which my knowledge of it is limited to the fact that it started in Iwate, is that right? Yes, in Morioka. Morioka, yeah. And uh, you basically get endless tiny bowls of soba that you shovel down your throat as fast as possible, but there's a time limit. And it's like, if you reach 100, you have some good fortune, or maybe that's just a personal goal but i believe you've done one or two videos challenging folks yeah i did it with connor earlier this year and it didn't go well because he won oh son what? Of a bitch. god but, damn it did you eat before him he oh, i did have a lasagna <laughs> what i was very stupid a lasagna right? i right if you ever do wank sober guys rule of thumb don't eat a lasagna beforehand that's like the heaviest yeah, but, thing you can eat yeah but the the, the wank saver challenge was at 5pm I needed something to eat I think it was like 11am so I went to a coffee shop had a lasagna I thought <laughs> this will stretch my stomach sure it will and then the lasagna will be gone so by the time the wank saver comes my stomach will be thrice as big I'll pack in more <laughs> but what happened was I ate a lasagna and then my stomach was just full of lasagna yes and you failed science class somewhere yeah, along the way it, it, it wasn't good so don't do that and then Connor won and I was very sad but but that's my knowledge of Wang what is Wanko Wanko Soba yeah Wanko is the little bowl that the Soviets ah, come in and <laughs> and uh, so Kaiten Sushi conveyor belt sushi is a big thing in Japan as we all know and don't ever do it because the sushi isn't overly nice once you've had real it. sushi um, now there's Wankosoba conveyor belt Oh. Uh, in Tokyo, which seems like a terrible idea. Um, it's the first ever Wankasoba conveyor belt restaurant in Japan. It's in Kabukicho. Uh, the meal costs 3,300 yen, about $24. And for that, you get 40 minutes, which includes as much soba as you can eat, along with the green onions, wasabi and ginger, while other condiments like seaweed and radish are priced at 100 yen. And the idea is you can sort of see how much Wankasoba you can eat basically hmm. now the traditional way of doing it is you have a member of staff quite literally stand over you pouring the soba for you taunting you along the way and uh, this idea being they can save money by not having that yeah. it just comes on a conveyor belt which isn't quite as cool but if you can't leave Tokyo it's a good alternative right rather than coming all the way to Iwate no I'm gonna, I'm gonna plant my flag as I don't like it you don't like it? No, I think that Japan, one of the cool things about living here or visiting here is that there are destinations you can go to to experience unique things, right? Right. And I think it's, yeah, but I don't know if Wonka Soba, you can have a, amazing soba in various places, mm -hmm. anywhere in the country. But I like the idea that you go to this small restaurant or this specific place and there's the charm of the person, like, you know, helping you do mm -hmm. it and doing the things. I feel like it's like, putting it in a conveyor belt takes all that charm away it does it does and I mean that's the reason I don't like conveyor belt sushi as well because the, the fish isn't locally sourced it's just from somewhere that's rubbish and the, the, the fish is usually quite cheap cuts with little flavour to them and once you've had proper sushi you can't go back you can't do it so I think it's a good point and I think it's sad that uh, it'll probably stop a lot of people from coming to Iwate and trying the real thing and experiencing the real thing I mean it's only two hours north of Tokyo can I ask you a question is the, is the Wanko Soba actually it's not for the taste right like it's not <laughs> about like 
this amazing delicacy. It's more about the atmosphere and the challenge and the fun of it. Exactly. The the the, the sober itself is okay. You have the first ten bowls and you're like, "Oh, this isn't bad." <laughs> and then you get past that and you want to die and you never want sober again. But like. You know, it, it, you don't do it for the flavor. You yes. do it for the the culture. And sushi, for being I can get still. I'm still. A, I'm a sushi do, which is a famous conveyor belt sushi place. I can still dine there mm. because I uh, maybe my palate is still underdeveloped. <laughs> but I, I feel like you can get some decent to low grade sushi. But if Wonka Soba is my goal, mm. I, I don't think I'd ever crave it. You know, no. So I'd rather just make a trip to say, let's go to you know Morioka mm. and do the real thing and also see some sights. Exactly. I'd say if you come to Japan, it's two hours. It's about two and a half hours north of Tokyo by bullet train to Morioka. Make make a day of it. Have a day trip. Have some Wonka Soba. And the good thing about Morioka is there's three noodle dishes, right? Wonka Soba, Naimen, which is kind of this. The horrible dish it's just cold noodles not a fan don't they put watermelon in it they do yeah yeah that Awful. one's good Ooh. I love that one as, as someone that likes savoury food it's got this horrible sweet taste and then they've got <laughs> Jar Jar Men which is like this sort of spaghetti bolognese style dish but you've got those three noodle dishes so come up with an empty stomach don't eat lasagna go to Morioka and make a day <laughs> of it um, maybe do Wang Soba first and then go and eat the other expand your stomach first <laughs> and then eat the other two <laughs> noodle dishes but that's a cool little trip right at once upon a time do you, you know this tv show um what's it called uh why'd you come to japan it's of course yeah shit what's the title of it why can't it come um, to me i'm not it's it's very much that but just not if there's a japanese name for it yeah but uh, it's, it's they interview people at the airport or at certain famous hot spots yeah so you arrive at the airport <laughs> jet lag destroyed dead and then a uh, a Japanese TV crew will basically pounce on you mm. and be like where are you from what are you doing let's film you and if you if you say you're doing something interesting they'll follow you while you do that and you can become a, a mini TV celebrity you can have your five minutes of fame in Japan and a few years ago a German dude he came to Japan and they were like what are you doing and he went well I watched abroad in Japan Wang <laughs> Soba so I want to go there and so they followed him there they played and while he was like travelling on the train they showed a montage of me eating this bloody Wang Soba and then they followed him going and doing it and that was really cool like, this did he guy, do a good job did he I think he did pretty well I think yeah. he ate 100 okay nice yeah on, on Japanese TV so and now he can go legend. to Tokyo and do it and now we can do it from Kabuki Cho and Shinjuku. No effort, effort required. But yeah. Still, if you can't leave Tokyo, if you're, you know, you're in Tokyo for a very short time, amusement wankosoba, kuru kuru wanko, it's called. Lots of <laughs> lots of wanko in there. Yeah. <laughs> it's in Kabuki Cho in central Shinjuku. Give it a shot. But if you get the chance, do go to Morioka, and uh, I promise it'll be a lot of fun. We'll be back in just a moment, guys, with the fax machine, with your comments, stories, and questions. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. 
Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. In our daily lives, we all carry around with us different stresses. They can be big, they can be small, and sometimes we might not even realize that we're carrying them around with us. But if these feelings stay bottled up, they can start to affect us negatively, which is why having a positive outlet for discussion can be such a valuable tool for your well-being. Therapy can be a perfect outlet for your inner stressors. It's a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Sometimes just speaking things out into the open can be such a great release of inner tension, so you can spend less time stressing about the issue and more time figuring out how you can overcome it. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com forward slash Japan today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com forward slash Japan. Okay, I've got a couple of faxes here. Are you ready? I'm ready. And we're back with the fax machine. What is the first story we've got? First email we've got? I like this. You're right. Hi again, Chris and Pete. <laughs> it's great. They know me. <laughs> I've just moved back to the UK after 15 years in Spain. Anyway, I'm enjoying being back so far apart from one thing. The bins. The bins? Collecting a small bin every two weeks? What is that about? In Spain, they take rubbish away daily. I wonder what the situation is like in Japan. Is it the same as it is in the UK? Or is it an everyday thing like in Spain? Keep up the great work, guys. Your super fan, Rob. Poor old Rob with his great big bin problem. Yeah, it's a big problem to have. What do they do? What do we do here? We uh, well at homes. We take or, it out like once a week, right? Well, it depends on where you live, which is very unusual. So, in, in where I live, in around Shibuya or mm. Megiddo area, twice a week we can take out burnables and and plastics, and then right. on one other day we take out cardboards, and then on like a fourth day, like every two weeks of the month we can take out bigger pieces of trash right yeah so on like home life it's very very strict on how you split things it can be yeah I mean my apartment block 
because it's got like a, a room where you can chuck rubbish, you can basically just take it there anytime. Although they think they sort of say they prefer like a Thursday. But you get like one day a week, um, but I'm, I just, just chuck it in the yeah. room anytime I want. Businesses <laughs> are daily. Yeah. 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 In- but it, from, from the studio, I have to throw it out well, every Thursday or something. So yeah, usually there's one day a week and you when, have to throw it out in a big bag, right? Well, when in Niigata, when I lived there for a year, you had to buy these special special color-coded bags. Yeah, and we have to do that here in Sendai. Okay, so we don't have those in Tokyo. You bastard, you don't have the color-coded bags. No, there's like green oh. and blue and red to help what? you sort all your stuff. Yeah, I've got green and red. Man, the blue one was like that really special one, but I, I forgot what it was for. But yeah, so I'd say it's closer to Spain and not at all like uh, England or the UK. Either way, oh, it's pretty good. I don't have a problem with it. No, no. The only problem is, remember this, if you come to Japan, if you have trash outside, you got to carry it with you until you can yeah. find a, a bin somewhere. That's what That was the best thing about the UK. If I was holding some <laughs> rubbish, there's a bin every like two meters away it is annoying and they've actually removed a lot more bins recently in tokyo i always ask why this is and people sort of cite the sarin gas attacks in um akikabara in 1995 i think it was that was a long time ago it was right and i don't think that's a good enough excuse like an event happened three decades ago that did it like in london we had the fucking london bombings in 2005 and you know i i get it but i don't think that's a good enough excuse i think it's just it's just they, they want people to take their rubbish home and dispose of it in other ways. And the thing is, people in Japan do, right? They're not like British, you know. If there were no bins in the UK, I think we would see a lot more litter in the streets, right? Whereas what? in Japan, people will take their wrapper and put it in their bag and they'll keep the stuff on them, the rubbish with them in the bag until they get home. And now that I think about it, it's not very common that I, I see a, a reason or a point for Japanese people to have rubbish outside. Like, they don't eat and walk. Mm. They don't kind of, um, in general, they don't open things and have, like, a, a stuff. It's true. And if they get, like, a Starbucks drink or something, it's quite common to just drink it there. Yeah, dispose yeah, yeah. of it. So maybe there's just, maybe we just, maybe we're just messy people. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a, yeah, there's a bigger cultural thing in play there. The whole yeah. one eating out. Uh, we've got here, one here from George. He says, Dear Chris and Pete, while I hopefully will be able to visit Japan around May next year with a bunch of friends and family, I really wanted to take two or three days to go and find a special experience just for myself. I certainly realise that this is a question of personal preference, as Japan could be different things to different people, but... What are your recommendations of what the best possible solo travel destination would be that would absolutely blow your mind? Cheers. I've been a fan of you guys since day one, George, from Chicago. Over to you, by the way. Jorge. No, it's spelled J-O-R. Oh, it's J-O-R. Okay. Let me think. You're asking me, the guy who's been to like four prefectures to the man who's been 47 (laughs) but personally speaking if I could go anywhere in Japan right now it would be a tiny little island called Yoronjima off of Kagoshima yeah it's my favorite place I've been there twice and um, once was with a school excursion and once was with uh, my wife it was amazing and it was a beautiful place where the sand barge out in the middle of this this beautiful sea, it slowly disappears as the day goes on until huh. you're standing on one inch of sand and you get on the boat and go back to your beautiful, lovely villa. How far is it from Kagoshima? Um, it's quite, it was quite a long ferry, uh-huh. uh, but I don't remember exactly because it was just hanging out. Or I would say tropical stuff like Okinawa, Ishigaki, things like that. It can be a very beautiful place to visit. Mm. 
But if we're talking like cities, I would say my advice is not something in particular. It's that choose a day or two to go somewhere unplanned in Tokyo or Yokohama and just explore. Just get lost because I think you're likely to find five or six really cool places on your own that will be very memorable on your trip. Yeah, I like doing a double whammy of a trip to... um Oh man, what's the the city, the ancient capital, just outside of Tokyo, the little seaside town? Oh, uh, Nak- no, Kamakura. Oh, Kamakura, like near going, Yokohama. Yeah, I like going to Kamakura yeah. for like the, the morning, and then going to Yokohama in the afternoon. That's a cool little day trip from Tokyo. You can see the Daibutsu, the big Buddha. Yeah, yeah. Yep. I've just been looking up Yoronjima. Yeah, it's nowhere near Kagoshima. It's it's in Kagoshima it's, it's Prefecture. In, it's in Okinawa, Pete. No, no, no. Yoronjima is part of Kagoshima. I'm looking at it now. It's Okinawa. Uh, I like that place. <laughs> I mean, Okinawa is pretty good. I, I would go there. And I'm from Tokyo. Wait, look at that right there. What? Yoron Kagoshima District. Oh yeah. See, what I knew it was fuck? weird. I used to think it was also part of Okinawa until I was. No way. Yeah. So it's it's literally right in Okinawa. But there must be some sort of invisible line that determines that it's part of Kagoshima, managed by Kagoshima Prefecture. Yeah, so... Well done. Thank you. You, you proved me wrong. <laughs> I've been humiliated. Although geographically, it's basically Okinawa. Yeah, it is. One, but it's probably like, <laughs> like a 20-minute ride from Okinawa by plane. Still a great spot. We've got one here from Chris from Michigan. Michigan. Do you want me to take this one? Go on then. Okay. Hello, Pete and Chris. I'm a huge fan of the corny renaissance fairs we have in the U.S. of A. I'm very curious. A, what is the European perception of Americans cosplaying as medieval Brits? And B, do they have these things in Japan? Given how much Japan likes theme parks and all, it seems like it could be a popular thing. Wishing you both the coolest coolish and crispiest chicken, Chris (laughs) from Michigan. Uh, what's a Renaissance fair? We call it Renfest. It's what? we basically have um, we dress up in medieval garbs. It's not specifically UK related. It could be all of Europe mm. during the medieval times. And there's things. Of, there's games of chance, like throwing axes or Jacob's ladder, or you eat hunks of chicken. Jacob's ladder. Jacob's ladder is a Tim a, Robbins movie. No, it's a it's a rope with the lat. You have to try to climb to the top, but the rope has like eight lines of the ladder but there's no outside bracing so it can swing wildly my lord it's just a game of chance but there's lots of people in tunics and garbs and you know saying hello there my fair lady like you know (laughs) having fun and it's the sort of place pete would work basically (laughs) it's the sort of place you would work right i had a summer job there (laughs) Um, but it's it's there's tankards of beer and mead um, there's swords and blacksmiths and... We don't have that in Japan, though, do we? No. The closest thing is British Hills Thing Park. Or Japanese history stuff like Ninja Village. Yeah, or Ninja but Village. What, what do you think of this, hearing about it as the first time? I think it sounds pretty rubbish. Really? <laughs> it's not my thing, to be honest. Um, it's not really mine either. I, I think it could be good. In the right condition. The- I like the tankards of beer. Yes. You have me at tankards of beer. Yeah, it's huh. it's a very... And you know, it's not always like an officially sponsored place you can go year-round. It'll be this weekend only. The Rin Fest is here in Kansas City. 
Do you get to ride a horse with a javelin? In? They're not with a javelin. What's it called? <laughs> I know it's jousting. Jousting. Yeah, we don't have that. But there are actually a subsect of these people who do these these legitimate events where they'll go to empty fields and they'll rent them out and they'll recreate actual warfare and oh. and tents and and camps for about a week or two. Yeah, and they'll actually fight with Jesus real weapons. Now and, that sounds good. It's pretty interesting. It's a, a pretty serious subculture. There must be something like that in Japan where they have like a they reenact like samurai battles. I would be, I wouldn't be surprised, but it's definitely not something I've seen. I would love to go to that. So you don't think it's cool Can, that we have Renfest? It's it's intriguing. Uh-huh. I'd have to see it. I, I'd like to reenact the last samurai. I could be Tom Cruise. I'll get Ken Watanabe. <laughs> you got we'll, your buddy Ken Watanabe. We'll charge across the field and get shot by Gatling cannons. I don't Spoilers. know. I think Spoilers. I've got the hair for it. Sorry, buddy. And <laughs> I think you're not you're not Tom Cruise yet. Dream on, dream on. Well, after my fitness plan, <laughs> I will be Tom Cruise. Yeah, you got me there. I'll be there. But um, yeah, it's an interesting thing. I, I don't know if I can recommend it, but I'm happy to hear that you think it's rubbish. I don't think it's rubbish. (laughs) It's kind of cool. I think it could be interesting. Mm. I like the idea of an American cosplaying as a medieval Brit. (laughs) You'd make a fine Henry VIII. I think I'd be a Falstaff. I'd be the jester (laughs) of some sort, I imagine. uh, Bloody hell. Yeah. Keep the story... Well, guys, that's it for now. (laughs) I'm just (laughs) throwing pee out the window. Actually, you are going to be around later in the week for the second podcast. Yeah, thanks. I'm looking forward to it. So Pete will be back later in the week while Pete Donaldson is on holiday, having a wonderful time. We'll be back with Pete, American Pete. Do I get to be Panasonic Pete forever? Was that for me? No, that was, oh, that was the other one. Damn it. That was good, Pete. Uh, kids, stories, questions, comments coming in, guys, to a Japan podcast at gmail.com. We'll be back later in the week to do it all over again. But for now, guys, no matter where you might be, out there in the big wide world, have yourself a great few days, and we'll see you right back here, do it all over again, on the Abroad Japan podcast. Bye for now. Goodbye, maidens. I've gone deaf in my right ear. <laughs> Japan is a stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm.